With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught! Incredible play by Donald! He'll hit immediately. He's the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to take a look at the film. It's X and O Quick Hits with the man who breaks down the film over on his show, Blewett's Blitz for JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, buddy? I'm, uh, I'm happy you actually asked me how I'm doing this time, uh, <laughs> minus some other times. Where we just went right into it. So you actually <laughs> care about me today. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Joe, I always care how you're doing. Come on. You know that. Now that we've established that everybody here cares about each other, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line has not had Mekhi Becton the last couple of weeks, so you can't really talk about him. George Fant had a bit of a struggle last week, but I thought this past week he rebounded nicely. He was banged up last week, and he was playing left tackle for the first time this season, so I think that's part of the reason why. Connor McGovern did well two weeks ago, but this week I didn't think he did as well. The O-line has been a little inconsistent, certainly better than last year, but what did you see on the film from this game against the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, and I, and I think considering like the Jets' offensive line, you know, health is something you have to consider as well. So them losing, you know, Beckton and now Adoga having to play, and then Adoga going out at tackle and, and McDermott having to play, who's like a practice squad level type, you know, uh, player. Um, and obviously with Lewis uh, going out, you know, as well, 
uh, Josh Andrews coming in doesn't help the, the line. I think some of the offensive line rankings this season have been a little bit unfair to the Jets, um, especially considering how Donald runs himself into pressure sometimes, how Flacco doesn't know how to step up in the pocket. Instead, he fades, he fades away um, from throws and kind of bring those, brings those pressure numbers uh, up on, him, or on, his, on himself. Uh, and also Frank Gore not hitting holes. So I think the, the offensive line overall this season has definitely been much better, um, especially when the Jets are, are completely healthy. Obviously, this game, without having health, they did struggle. Uh, Miami just stacked the box, box split, um, you know, Flacco, and dared the Jets to beat them one-on-one within, you know, two, three seconds of the ball being snapped, um, and they obviously couldn't do so. And even when they did, you know, Flacco would step up uh, into the pocket like he should again, like I said, faded away, uh, threw the ball um, either away or inaccurately. You know, a lot of people say the, uh, I believe it was the Xavier Harrow pick, uh, pick on uh, Jeff Smith. Oh, well, you know, terrible uh, play. He wasn't, he wasn't open or whatever people say. Again, I don't really follow too many people, so I'm kind of just guessing. Um, but Jeff Smith was actually open on that play, and if Flacco was able to, I, I forget if this play, if this play, if he, if he didn't step up to do his throw, or if it did not, and again, uh, this, I'm trying to base this off around the offensive line, um, that could have been an easy, you know, completion, big completion over the middle. The offensive line actually blocked him relatively well now that I'm thinking about it, uh, but Joe Flacco didn't help them out either. So they struggled this game uh, overall, again, with picking up blitzes, things like that. Uh, McGovern, there was one play, I'm sure people put it on him, uh, the – the Dolphins did a really good job sugaring the A-gap with two linebackers. The first linebacker uh, pressed hard into Connor uh, McGovern quickly off, off of the off of the snap. And McGovern had some type of position on him to block him. It wasn't an ideal position because he wasn't expecting it because he didn't see it coming uh, because they kind of they kind of had some window dressing there. Um, and then the other linebacker looped around that linebacker who, who picked McGovern. Uh, and then Frank Gore should have picked up the looping linebacker. Instead, he did not. And you have a pressure or a sack that's most likely ta- uh, put on to McGovern. That's not really on McGovern, at least in my view, um, of the play. So he struggled more than he did against uh, more than he did against the Broncos and the Portals, where I thought he was definitely um, back to that like top ten, top fifteen center range. So yeah, he struggled a little bit more, but it wasn't as bad as some people say um, it was. Uh, Adoga struggled again when he was in the game. Obviously, McDermott and Josh Andrews are going to struggle. Uh, like you said, Fant struggled last week against the Cardinals, but overall this week he's, he's another big positive. He was in one of my studs this week. Uh, I know he didn't play a lot of big-time edge rushers, but he, he held down um, his job well this game, and, and uh, I don't think he gave up any, any pressures or any – I don't even give up any sacks. So he, he played uh, – he bounced back, like you said. Now this is the second week back at left tackle. And people will say, oh, well, you know, he played left tackle, you know, most of last year with the with the Seahawks, which is true. But he's also been playing right tackle the entire camp for the Jets and has been playing uh, this whole this whole season at right tackle. So to switch positions like that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world, even though he's done in the past. You do have to get reacclimated to that. So good bounce back game from him. Uh, overall, uh, Alex Lewis struggled when he was in there. And I would say Greg Ben Roten is, is kind of, shaping up into form into, into what I thought he would be, which is not a great center by any means or a great right guard by any means. Uh, watching his film with Carolina, I thought that he would be, you know, below <clears throat> below average, but not bad. You know, not a not a terrible starter, but let's say in that, you know, 
what, 24 to 26 range, which isn't good. But, again, I think that's better than guys they had last year playing at guard, whether that be Jonathan Harrison filling in or, or Brian Winters or whoever it might have been. So um, he's been, uh, you know, shaping up into that and maybe even a little bit better at times. So uh, some negative, some positives, but for the guys who are going to be here, uh, long-term, it wasn't overly negative, obviously, with George Van being a positive. And then, you know, McGovern taking a step down, but maybe not as big of a step as some of these uh, pro football focuses and things like that might have graded them, um, depending on how they graded certain stunt pickups and things like that. But uh, overall, it was, it was okay, but obviously they had some injuries, so it's going to be uh, not the prettiest performance overall. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk skill positions here, Joe. Running the ball, I didn't find LaMichael Pirine to be all that impressive, and Frank Gore is still Frank Gore. The only run of the day that really impressed me was Ty Johnson. If nothing else, even though he had plenty of space, you saw the type of breakaway speed that you don't see from Pirine or Gore. And then in the passing game, it appeared to me from watching during the game that Brashad Perriman was open quite a bit. Flacco just couldn't hit him. So there were opportunities there. Flacco had a really bad day. What did you see when you watched the offensive skill players? Yeah, I'm pretty much in line with you. Uh, so let's start off with the running backs, Ty Johnson. Uh, first run was eight yards. It was pretty much a given. And then the, what, 34-yard run or twenty high 20-yard, whatever, whatever it was. I think it was 34. Um the run was open, but he did, he did a good job of reading hats. Uh, it was a, I believe, an outside zone, and he was in a situation where the guard uh, was more heads-up leverage with uh, with the defensive tackle or defensive end, and the left tackle, which was Fant, 
um, had really good inside leverage and, and was kicking out the defensive edge, uh, email, you know, uh, outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever, whatever he was on that play. So Fender, I forget exactly what it was. Um, so he did a good job of running off of Fant's ass instead of running off of the left guard's ass. Because if he did run off the left guard, um, the guy who was trying to attempt to stack him probably could have got an arm out and tackled him or at least disrupted his tracks. So he did a good job of reading hats. So, yeah, he hit a hole, but there's also ways to hit holes. And he did that properly. Then, obviously, he showed some good open field bursts and things like that. So a positive. And then, of course, we don't really see him for the rest of the game because he might have screwed up the tank. So thank you, Adam Gase, for being embracing the tank. Uh, that's why he's still here. I, I have to tell myself that every single day. Um, Frank Gore, is, is he's washed. Uh, I think he's like you know, a guy who could he come in for, for three to five snaps a game on a pass protection or maybe for a run or two? Yeah, sure. But um, him playing this much is obviously not not good for the Jets. Uh, he's, he's missing holes. He's missing cutback lanes. There's time he see you know, just based on his vision, he's missing it sometimes. There's also times where he sees the cutback lane, but because of, again, something we've talked about, his lack of overall, of overall athleticism, uh, fluidity in the hips, you know, ability to move laterally. Um, he's not able to hit those holes, even if he does see them. So he's not ever going to be a positive, really. He had a, a nice run or two, but overall not the best. Uh, and then the, the Michael P. Ryan, again, I agree with you there. Uh, there were some situations where he could have hit holes, um, situations reading leverages, uh, where I remember, I remember one play specifically on a draw, he cut into a hole, and again, I'm not, I can't remember every single thing right off the top of my head, but uh, there, he cut into a hole. I believe, believe it was the, the, the play side A gap where there was a defender uh, literally standing in that hole as the defensive back instead of cutting through the C gap where if he read leverages and, and had good anticipation of blocks, he would have seen that there was going to be no defender in that hole. So he cut literally into the wrong hole with the defender instead of the defender who was not going to be in a hole. So um, he did not have a good game. Obviously, drop pass as well. Uh, Cardinal sin of, of not looking the ball in. Um, so he had that. So yeah, overall not a good game. Now we're obviously we're not giving up on a fourth round uh, running back after a few carries that weren't great, but um, not exactly what you want to say. And then in terms of the receivers, obviously you have guys, you know, like the the, the Jeff Smiths and Braxton Barrios who might make a good player too. Um, but they they are guys who are fourth, fifth, sixth string, uh, string receiver. So relative to expectations, how good are you doing? So I'm not looking at these guys like, oh, my God, Braxton Barrios is a terrible number three. That's not what he's meant to be. Um, even though he did have that one really nice catch over the middle on a snag, uh, caught the ball, uh, ducked between two linebackers, the linebackers because he's such a, you know, he's a smaller guy. Um, him bracing for that contact led to the linebackers kind of sandwiching him, but him going underneath their main point of contact and the linebackers hit each other instead of hitting him. And that's why he was able to squirt out. So that was a, that was a fun play to watch. Um, Jeff Smith was open on that, on that one play of the over route where Flacco threw the interception and he threw the, he threw the interception. Um, and the reason for that was he made the right read, but he threw the ball way too far inside. He needs to leave, uh, lead Jeff Smith. Now could have Jeff Smith attacked the ball better. Uh, maybe, but I'm not going to kill him for that. That was much more on Flacco. Um, other than that, overall, uh, Crowder had two drops, the one uh, over by the left sideline on a, on a deep over. Uh, could have caught the ball. It wasn't an easy catch, but it hit his hands. He dropped it. And then another catch on a snag, curl, comeback, whatever it was, dropped the ball again. Um, actually, I don't think it was a snag, curl, or comeback. I think it was actually a, a rollout, not a design rollout by Flacco, but he was moving out to the right, and, and uh, Crowder adjusted his route. 
um, and caught the ball. So not the best game for Crowder. Overall, he did have a nice player too. Not as good as the last couple of games, or at least against the uh, uh, the, yeah, the Broncos or the Cardinals, where he had very big receiving games. Um, which even though, even the was the Broncos game, the Cardinals game, he had like a 50 yard catch that was designed uh, where he didn't really do much. So uh, not the best game for Crowder overall. That was it was it was all right. Um, other than that. Skill position wise, I can't. Oh, Perriman, that's that's one I didn't want to forget. Again, gotta make mental notes. Um, yeah, so people will say, oh, well, it's a bad game for Perriman. I don't. And oh, well, his yards were based on, you know, uh, his yards were based on, um, you know, garbage time, you know, drives and things like that, which is true. But you also have to take into to account that, you know, the first play of the game, or at least the first passing play of the game, as I remember it, uh, you know. Wide open, just bur- just burned uh, Byron Jones, not burned Byron Jones, but beat Byron Jones with the hop step, which he did a lot with Tampa Bay, uh, freezing the defensive back feet. It's kind of re- it, it, it kind of messes up their their rhythm and their cadence where they're expecting, you know, uh, if your right foot's planted uh, at the snap, you know, your left foot to come fully up, and they kind of have that timing down where the hop step he kind of drives off of that right foot. And then while the left foot is halfway up where it meets his, his right foot, he drives off of that off of that right foot and it kind of disrupts timing while eating up space and kind of freezing guys. So he used that again. He did it a lot in Tampa Bay to get open. Uh, beats Byron Jones down the left sideline. Uh, he doesn't track the ball well, which is a problem. Uh, Flacco put it in a, in a spot that he should have caught it, um, but he geared down, didn't catch the ball. So, okay, you know, got open, beat Byron Jones, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, but he didn't track the ball. Okay, it happens. Uh, what first came back, so I can understand it. Uh, next play, again, uh, beats Byron Jones, not as bad. I forget if it was a hop step again, but it was a, it was a nice, it was a decent release, nice release. Uh, beat, beat Jones, and then the and then Flacco throws the ball out of bounds. I forget if it's because of just Flacco being bad or because of um, offensive line pressure, but he, but he beat the corner, um, and the ball is underthrown and inside, actually, now that I'm, now I'm you know, the details are starting to, come, uh, starting to come back to me, but underthrow to end inside, which obviously the guy is winning up the sideline or, you know, just vertically in general, the, the common rule is okay. Outside shoulder and leading them, um, throw them away from the defenders. So he did not do that again, putting it short and inside of uh, Perryman fought for the ball, but uh, Byron Jones had better position. So that was a missed throw by Flacco. And then uh, later in the game as well, you had uh, Perryman. I, I forget if it was Byron Jones again, but it was another corner. Um, and he beats him deep down the right sideline. Could have been a touchdown. Flacco overthrows him. So that could have been three. Well, let's 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 you know mark that one against him. The first one against him. So that's two times where the ball wasn't near him or in a good enough position where he could have easily uh, had a very very big play. So you could say, oh well, you know, yeah, the garbage time stuff. But then okay, well if he was hit on the other two, then you know those garbage yards are accounted for, or, you know, vice versa, whatever. So I think for his first game back, getting open and, and beating Byron Jones deep twice, maybe even three times again, I forget who the last play I'm talking about was against, but three vertical shots could have been 30, 40-yard completions that um, weren't completed. So I actually gave him a positive for that great, that, that game because, yeah, he was getting open. Um, and other than that, Chris Herndon was a no-show. Again, you know, he didn't really play a lot. Uh, Griffin made you know, two catches, so great. Uh, for a tight end position that we thought was pretty set going forward. It looks like we're going to have to address that position going uh, you know, into next year and the year after that as well uh, because Hernan's been a massive disappointment and Griffin um, is okay, but he's not a, he's not a starter. So uh, I guess that's my overall wrap-up of these skill positions. Let's talk a little defense, Joe. Start with the front seven. 
Quinn and Williams was very impressive. He had some big stops in the run game, and I think that that's continuing his progression through six games. He's becoming better and better, and I think he's slowly turning into one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. John Franklin Myers, who doesn't get nearly enough snaps, looked really impressive, and I'm hoping that now that Steve McClendon has been traded, they'll start giving John Franklin Myers more responsibilities because he's been really, really good. Bryce Huff, the undrafted rookie, out of Memphis looked very good as well. I think at some point they're going to have to reckon with the fact that he's outplaying Jordan Jenkins and is probably the best edge they have right now, which is kind of scary, but it is nice because it's good to see somebody who's an undrafted free agent performing. What did you think of the front seven's performance overall against the Dolphins? Yeah, um, so kind of like, you know, going positive, I guess, first. Quinton Williams, I, I think this was his third best game, at least, you know, by, by my, in my opinion. Uh, with the Niners being his first, with the uh, Broncos being his second best game, and this being his third, but it's definitely a positive game. Again, a lot of people watch defensive well, well they don't know how to watch defensive tackles, but um, whether it be him making a guy change, you know, an angle um, in the run game, and then that leading to a tackle for loss because he because he blew up the the pulling guard, whatever it may be, um, he was making in, impressive plays. Obviously, a few tackles uh, for loss and things like that. Um, but people expect the to, to for a defensive tackle to pop as much as a Julio Jones does as a wide receiver, which is not going to happen. Um, so he, yeah, he's been impressive. Um, there's a couple people on this podcast, you know, I'm going to say everybody on this podcast, which is only me and you, Scott. You did pick that up. Um, who would be, you know, greatly benefited by Quinn Williams playing good because we were, you know, two of the main people running the Quinn Williams, uh, you know, train. So our, our hype train, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so good for us because we would definitely uh, be eating some crow a little bit if he didn't work <laughs> out, but young kid, um, not being used the right way. In my opinion, again, when you see him attacking, penetrating, taking on one guy, he's been doing a good job. Um, and, uh, we've talked about it frequently and it's on tape. It's not an excuse, but there's a lot of times where the jets are having to manufacture pressure because they don't have the one-on-one rushers to win. So he's having to loop, he's having to penetrate. He's not just being asked to win one-on-one, which he's best at. Um, because especially considering even if he does win on a loop, you know, if the pick is set well, he's going around a loop, which obviously the loop you have to delay, um, you know, wait for the picker, you have to set up the, the guard, the center, whatever, set him up, distract his eyes, let the, let the, uh, let the let's say it's the center who's, who's the guy that, that Quinn Williams is distracting, and then you have uh, on the stunt the picker drawing the, the left guard into the center, and then Quinn Williams loops around. And even if that does work, the problem with the Jets' defense overall is not just the defensive line of the scheme is actually now that you're looking with, with delayed, um, not delayed blitzes, but blitzes that take some time to formulate, you don't have the secondary to cover guys. And you, you see how many times against the Jets on snags, hitches, curls, short routes that they're getting beat. So you have Quinn Williams who's shrieking free to the quarterback or could get to the quarterback and the ball is out. You know, you had a bull rush this game where he put, he, he put Eric Flowers onto Fitzpatrick's lap and it could have maybe been a sack. But Fitzpatrick really took a three-step drop and fired the ball at the bottom of his of his drop because the corners and linebackers aren't good. So Quinn Williams has been playing great. I don't I don't care what anybody says. He's he's playing really really well. Um, another huge positive, like you spoke about, was uh, John Franco Myers, who gets a ton of pressures when he does play. I don't know why he doesn't play more. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But um, really really interesting athlete in terms of straight line explosion, just overall power. He just absolutely just destroys guys on the interior. Um, it's really fun to watch him against guards because that's where he has a lot of his success. So um, props to him. He, did, he had uh, another couple of pressures in this game. Uh, Bryce Huff, like you said, limited amount of snaps. 
Um, and he played really well, had a really nice bull rush um, against the left tackle. He had a sack, which is actually set up by Franklin Myers, where Franklin Myers kind of forced um, Fitz to leave the pocket, roll out right, and then Franklin Myers beat his guy, uh, I believe, with a, with a bull. Uh, I think it was a bull into a rip, but he has a couple of, you know, really nice traits. He has the, the, the you know, four of the five things you want to see for a really good, uh, uh, you know, edge rusher. Um I'm not sure what his length is. I think he has decent length, so you know we can we can cast that off. I think he has like 33, 34 inch arms, which is long enough. He has the speed, he has the bend, he has the power, um, which are three main things. Now he's working on the technique. You know, there are some times where he's swat, you know, swatting at the hands and stuff like that that he missed. Want to be want to see him have a little bit more accuracy with his hands. Want to see him ha- use his hands a little bit more. Um, but he's learning those things. So he has the three main components, which is you know that that speed, that bend, that power. Um, Again, with the, the the arm length and the length overall being decent at least, but um, he has the traits of a good rusher, and he's starting to put it together again with sacks and pressures when he's not playing a lot. So that's a huge positive for the Jets going forward. Um, the other positives I would say from the front seven, uh, Basham had a sack. He he blew up a guy as well, and he hasn't shown up a lot the first couple of weeks. So good job by him getting a sack. Um, and then Phillips actually made a play uh, in the run game, blowing up the right tackle. Um, I believe just based on what I watched that he noticed the wide end split between the right tackle and the right guard, uh, which kind of keyed him that the fullback, I believe it was a fullback or a tight end or H back was going to insert into that gap. Um, so he attacked that gap before the insert could come in, uh, and then got the tackle for loss to run that cut right back into him. So good job by him on that. But, uh, Basham and Phillips were, they weren't overall a huge positives, but just them making plays. Um, with a sack and a tackle for loss is a positive because they really haven't been showing up too much. Uh, now to the negative, um, I think it goes more to the you know outside linebacker. Like you said, Jordan Jenkins has made minimal to no impact this year, which, you know, uh, good job by, you know, at this point, good job by Joe Douglas. A lot of people said, uh, which again, people think it's Madden. So, oh, you signed up to five-year or $5 million deal. Why couldn't you sign up to three years, $15 million? That's not how it works. He, you know, guys want to sign one-year deals to bet on themselves, but at this point, good job by Joe Douglas one getting back on that contract initially, and then for the for in terms of the the long term commitment to him, if the Jets were signed him to, I think a deal that we'd all would think would was, was reasonable, Scott. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if the Jets signed him to a three year deal, twenty four million dollars or sixteen million dollars guaranteed, everybody would be like, okay, you know, uh, fair price for Jordan Jenkins. You locked him up, you know, for three years. Great job. But at this point. If he was on a three-year, $24 million deal, I think people would be like, what the hell? He's not doing anything, just like Henry Anderson, so, uh, who was always a constant negative. But uh, good call to Jordan Jenkins stuff from, from Joe Douglas. Uh, other than that, in the front seven, Hewitt and Williamson. Um, Hewitt, uh, Williamson's bouncing back to not to his old form, but at least he's bouncing back a little bit, 11 solo tackles. He definitely let up a couple of plays in coverage. There's a couple of plays in the run game he let up as well. Uh, he's been slightly improving. So he was like, he was not terrible, but he was okay. Uh, again, in the past game, yes, he did let up a couple of plays, but I think that's more on scheme than it is on him where they're spot dropping a lot, where back in his, uh, in his first year of the Jets, he wasn't spot dropping as much. With the Titans, he wasn't spot dropping as much. So yeah, people might put it on him, uh, certain coverages, but it's really the defense overall, how it's schemed and not necessarily Avery Williamson. So, uh, people might, might not recognize that, but uh, overall they weren't great. Avery Williamson, uh, Hewitt made a nice play where he, he stacked the offensive lineman or tackle or tight end or whoever it was. Um, 
and uh, he broke off of that and made like a, a clothesline tackle. So there's some times where he'll make some explosive type plays like that or really cool looking plays on film um, or on the broadcast, I should say. Uh, but other than that, like in terms of like, you know, securing his run fits, reading the front seven, you know, playing in coverage, he's not really a good linebacker. He's a backup linebacker. So as a backup, I'm happy to have him on the team. But as a starter, you don't really want him there. So I think those two guys, if you had to put him as, you know, just in kind of, I guess, expectations of starters, neither of them had a, a good game. Um, but other than that, from the second, uh, from, I mean, from the uh, front seven, I, there's really nothing I can, I can think of. Uh, McClendon was traded after, after this game. Um, and he's, you know, he was, he's a good player. Fado Kassi hasn't been making much of an impact. I think Shepard has been a disappointment overall for, uh, how he ended last year and how he's playing last year. He hasn't made an impact, um, really much or at all so that's a disappointment but uh, that's the front seven roundup so now there's only one unit left to talk about on defense and that of course is the secondary joe i thought brian pool continued his strong turnaround at the beginning of the year he got off to a bit of a slow start but he's been really good the last couple of weeks marcus may back where he belongs at free safety played very well i didn't love the experiment at strong safety i didn't think it maximized his talent and now at free safety i think he's playing a lot better and i hope that greg williams keeps him there the rest of the way Everybody else was just sort of there, and it's a weird secondary group, Joe. We've talked about this. Every single guy in that secondary is either on a rookie deal or a one-year deal, so there's nobody there that's guaranteed to be a long-term keeper. The rookies are going to try and earn their place. Bryce Hall will be coming in soon, so he'll be the latest one, and everybody else is on a one-year deal. So they're kind of mixing and matching now, but it was nice to see May and Poole play well. You have to hope, like, guys like Bless Austin, like, like play well. Obviously, I think overall, especially for other people's expectations, he's been a disappointment for mine. I think he's a backup-type corner. So, as a fourth or fifth guy, I think he's been playing okay. Uh, he had another missed tackle this game, which was disappointing. Desir actually had a nice play um, in terms of anticipating a break based on the receiver's shoulders, um, being patient with his feet, um, breaking you know to the upfield shoulder and made a play on the ball so good job by him on that but overall he did get beat a couple other times so he's not going to be here long term um you said pool uh yeah he started off a little bit more slowly uh this year but uh had a nice pick you know cover two he was in the he was in the hook seam hook curl uh red fitzpatrick eyes took him right to the right to the ball nice nice uh you know body extension nice pick uh, almost had another one had a nice hit uh, so he's been a positive. He's a guy you hope to sign long term. Now, will he sign with the Jets? I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously the Jets might have to pay the Jets tax to get him back. Uh, you know, for a couple of more years. But overall, he played well. Uh, other than that, yeah, McDougal. And this is like something like, like that I question Greg Williams with. You have McDougal, who struggled the first couple of weeks. You had May, who overall, you know, minus week one, struggled a couple of weeks. And even watching the film with Marcus Coleman and breaking down McDougal and knowing the Jets secondary, we were like. Okay, well, you know, I, I feel like McDougal could could uh you know uh could play in deep coverage at times, and McDougal could flex into the box at times, but still primarily McDougal. I mean, May should be high, and McDougal should be should be low, and McDougal's not great in the run game, but overall, you know, man coverage and things like that, he's good at. Um, you know, curl the flats, he's good at. I don't really like him uh, having to read multi-layered concepts over the middle. The middle is a little bit more uh, difficult than curl the flats. So curl the flats, man coverage, he's decent in the box. And uh, in the running game, he's not great. 
Um, but neither is Marcus May. So, okay, Marcus May is, good, is, is a solid guy, deep coverage, so he should still be playing deep more. And then they just come out the first five, six weeks uh, or five weeks, and Marcus May is playing much more in the box, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. So they, they put him back at his natural position, free safety, and he makes a couple of good plays. You know, he cuts off a couple of route concepts. Uh, obviously, he had, he had the – and I'm going to call it the butt interception. It's funny that, like, Jets fans are so butthurt about that right now. Jets are so bad. So, yes, teams are going to crack jokes. You know, you crack jokes about Josh Allen. You'll crack jokes about whatever, you know, Jameis Winston, crab legs, or, oh, fixing his vision. Like, that. that's what happens to your bad team. So, I see him get a butt interception. Jets are like, oh, my God, cheap shot of the Jets. You know, you can't let the butt fumble go. It's like, just calm down, buddy. It's, it's going to be okay. You know, it's, it, we're, we're the easy team to pick on. It's going to happen. Uh, but he made a great play. Um, cover two, uh, I don't really get what, what, what Plus Austin is doing. I don't know if he, I don't know if he was faking a blitz and trying to get into the quarterback's vision and, and making the quarterback throw it sooner than he, than he was going to. Uh, was ineffective in both doing that and being or playing you know, properly in his, in his curl to flat zone and getting a reroute, so I don't get what Bless Lawson was doing, whether that be him or by design. It didn't really make a lot of sense, but um, you have uh, Marcus May who gets over top of the wide receiver, um, and he makes a nice interception. He does a good job playing through the receiver, not through the ball. Um, there's a lot of rooms to the sideline. You don't want to play through the ball and, and turn your back to the receiver. He does a good job getting his hands on the receiver, looking through the ball. Uh, obviously, some, some hand-fighting. Um, ensues. You have Marcus May, who might have pulled down a little bit on the receiver's jersey. Then you have the receiver who clearly pulled down on Marcus May's jersey. So good job of the ref not calling it. Marcus May tracks the ball. Um, obviously, it hits him in the chest, and then it and then he kind of he's getting turned uh, turned around because of you know how just how he's falling to the ground. Uh, pins the ball against his ass, and then you have Bless Austin who came up and did his best job to try to deflect it away as well, which I think if the ball hit the ground there, uh, it probably would have been an incompletion. Uh, and then Marcus May again, which is even more impressive than the initial pin to his ass, he pins it to his ass again with two hands. <laughs> like it, was really, it was really an impressive and fun type of play for Marcus May. So good job by him there. Um, I'm happy for him to get back in that position. Hopefully they sign him long-term as a deep guy. I don't think he's the best deep guy in the NFL, but I think he's definitely solid to above average as a, as a deep role defender. Um, so good game from him. McDougal didn't really make any plays, uh, good or bad, this game, at least that I noticed. Um, so that's the, the, that's the secondary roundup. Moral of the story here is if you're going to bet on anybody to make plays in that Jets secondary the rest of the way, it should be Marcus May and Brian Poole. And if you want to make that bet or any other bet, you can go over to our friends at MyBookie. You can bet on the NFL, college football the World Series, the UFC, anything you want right now, just use the promo code OVERTIME and you can claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a 1000 bucks. It's designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. Make the games you're watching into a potential profit session with my bookie. Promo code OVERTIME to claim your bonus when you make your deposit again. NFL, college football, the World Series, UFC, boxing, water polo, whatever it is you want to bet on, go ahead over to my bookie. Joe Blewett, breaking down the film at JetsXFactor.com on Blewett's Blitz. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I know you're working on film nonstop, 24-7. In fact, as you're talking to me, you're probably watching film while you drive, which is not the safest thing in the world, Joe, but I know that that's how your mind works, so that's probably what you're doing right now. What do you got going on over at JetsXFactor.com? Uh, yeah, no, that's 
that's not the safest thing. I do not condone that. Uh, <laughs> even though, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it you know, getting through the season again. A lot of the focus is on the young guys, like we spoke about the the Quinn Williams, the John Franklin Myers, the Bryce Huffs. You know, the, even the Fants, the the Beckton's when he comes back. You know, it seems like uh, maybe Darnold and Mims come back this week with Beckton. I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Uh, that possibility. So that's exciting. So a lot of focus on the young guys. Um, and obviously, you know, starting to, uh, especially as we close out the season, obviously we just want to get week by week, but as the, as the weeks dwindle down, definitely start focusing on the NFL Jets keep their draft picks, the Trey Lances and the Trevor Lawrence's and the free agents because the Jets, the benefit of, of this year, uh, for the Jets with the COVID, obviously is a lot of teams are not going to be able to sign their players with the cut guys. So usually free agency is, oh, well, you know, a bunch of guys are getting re-signed for this year. It's like, oh, we got a cut guy. So the Jets might be in a really good position to get a couple of, of big-time contributors. So uh, starting to focus on that stuff. But, uh, yeah, Jets X Factor film, uh, YouTube show, Blue Splits, podcast, whatever. Um, it's all there. That we're always, uh, always kind of – or I'm always diving deep into the film. So Make sure you're following Joe on Twitter, at JoeRB31, and checking out his work, Blewett's Blitz, over at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.